like who knows maybe he's still having trouble with um like ska or whatever maybe they still don't want to play him um ska is that ska. Is, is it just all right what is up everybody welcome back here to four fly guys episode six uh we are back it is after christmas the boys are back. Uh, we're very festive this time around. Uh, the Flyers are unfortunately on a little bit of a, of a losing skid as we kind of record this episode and we're getting into the World Juniors. Uh, we got some NHL talks and uh, updates on Matvey Michkov, a little comparison to last season, and we'll be answering some of your questions as well. But first, we'll check in with the boys. Paul, what's up, brother? Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Uh, what, did, uh, what did Santa put under your tree this year? Yes, sir. Santa gave me a lot of clothes. A flyers hat. It was nice, yeah. Um, nice. There you go. Cold hard cash. Never go wrong, right? Um, Did you say Cole's cash or cold hard cash? That is not what I said. I said cold hard cash. <laughs> nice. Don't know what I would do with Cole's cash there. Cold cash. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, that would yeah. fucking suck. Yeah. What'd um, you get? Looks like you got something special. I yeah. So I got I got a lot. Um. I uh well I I'll start with 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 some of the 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 you know other things that I got and outside of the physical thing I'm wearing uh stadium series tickets that'll be very fun uh carnival tickets got a phantoms game in February uh got some fake flyers uh colored Jordans so those will be pretty cool um and then as for uh like some branding purposes uh we got hockey bucks got a bunch of those like but it's like over, it's like almost ninety hockey pucks in total, so it's pretty cool. It's a bunch of mayor media ones, and then I got this jersey that I'm actually wearing for the people uh, watching the, the video version. I posted a picture of it. It's kind of hard to tell on here, but um, it's pretty sweet. We we I think we got some inquiries to to buy these, so I'm not sure if if we might be doing that at some point, which that would be sick if we did. But um, yeah, you know, pretty uh, pretty nice gift and pretty sweet. Thanks to my dad for. Picking that one out for me, and yeah, it's a pretty nice tarp, boys. What about you guys, Sam? Will, what'd you guys get? First year, I got nothing Flyers related. Like I said, my family just knows. I mean, you've worn the same Flyers outfit every fucking episode. Hey, so far, I changed so. it. I changed it for this one. <laughs> you did actually. I know. This isn't new, but I changed it. There you go. That's good. But yeah, my family just knows I have everything Flyers I need, and if I don't, I'll just get it for myself. So, I had to settle for some Eagle stuff this year. Nice. There you I'll go. Will, what about you, brother? Um, got a nice uh, Flyers sweatshirt with the Philly skyline and the Flyers logo. There you um, go. Sure, that'll be in one of these pods soon enough. Um, just some clothes as well, like Paul. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> sounds sounds like a good Christmas, boys. I mean, and look, I think I think the one thing um, that we can all probably say for for next year is that. I'm hoping that we can get some four or five guys merch under under everybody's tree. That'll be pretty cool. Um, obviously, being able to rep the pod and you know rep the brand and all that stuff, it's it's fucking awesome. So, um, as we kind of get into, uh, well, where should we start here? So, last couple of games, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of go through this quickly because there isn't really like a ton, and it's kind of old as we're as we're talking about this. But those last three, uh, 3-2 win in New Jersey, a 4-2 loss at home, very frustrating game uh, to Nashville, and then a what-the-fuck type of game in Detroit, uh, a 7-6 shootout loss to the Red Wings, 
Uh, I'll just go kind of like rapid fire thoughts from uh, Jersey, Nashville, Detroit. Anybody? Jersey. That's a nice preview for the stadium series. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. Yeah. Nothing better than seeing the downfall of the Hughes brothers. That was How about great Jack right there. Hughes? How about Jack, Jack Hughes with a fucking brutal sucks. turnover? Dude, absolute dude, fucking absolute donut in overtime. Balls. Dude, that was Eric Gustafson type shit. And I'm not talking <laughs> Eric Gustafson in 2012. I'm talking Eric Gustafson in 2021. The first version or, of Eric Gustafson. Yeah, the, the, the second reincarnation of, of the, the other Swede. And then that was also a mix of like Andrew McDonald. Mm. And like Nicholas Grossman, oh all in one. Hey, don't talk about Grossman. You can talk about, about you can talk about about Amac. I'll allow that. Yeah, <laughs> I liked Grossman because he was big, but that guy was just turnover machine. But like, yeah, I mean, he was he was brutal. Ryan Paling had two goals. That was a good thing. Yeah. Obviously, Tippett, and it was funny because I actually got made look like a total goof that night because I tweeted. Maybe like five, six minutes left in the third period. I'm like, Tippett's really struggled to get open, which he he was. Like, I wasn't wrong with saying that in my opinion. I thought I was I was like dead on. Like, like every time he had the puck, and I I think we've we've even said it before in our debate of like left side, right side, the whole thing. He's had a really hard time of getting open, uh, creating space for himself, being able to get his shot off. And then he just makes me look like an idiot, and I love it because he gets strips the puck from Hughes, gets the overtime winner, snipes at high glove, flyers with two points in Jersey. I mean, really, that should have happened the last time we played in Jersey. So I was glad that we were able to kind of, you know, stick it to them again. And unfortunately, you know, two two tough ones after that. But that's, that's really all I got on those games, guys. I mean, it's kind of far out of my brain. Like, kind of, I'm kind of swinging back into into the 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 Christmas break here. So it's kind of kind of hard for me to go back a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the Red Wings game, you kind of have to fucking talk about it. I mean, Patty Kane no, like, putting, up three, it, like, putting up three points, looking like prime fucking showtime. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Detroit choking a 5-1 lead, five unanswered goals. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. that's something I mean, right Carter there. Hart was just bad. Hart, I mean, yeah, Hart was bad, but I think it said a lot that they didn't they didn't take him out even after they were down 5-1. Yeah. They didn't take him out. Yeah. They didn't he had take a him big out. Yeah, yeah did, but he yeah. gave up the shit goal in, in the last 30 seconds. Shouldn't even have went to overtime yeah, and it sucked in the shootout. From Larkin. Yeah, it was terrible. I, I didn't – I mean, he didn't – dude, like, fucking Hextall could have been in that in the first period and they still would have given up five. Like, it, it didn't matter who was in that. Fucking prime Dominic Hasek. Yeah, I mean, there was Brian no defense Donnie. in front of them. Um, Flyers were still sitting on the bus. And, like, honestly, I think Bill Meltzer had a tweet. That was funny. He was like, he was like, Flyers should have just, I think it's something along the lines of the Flyers kind of buying a ticket to watch the, the Larkin Kane to break it line instead of playing against them. Um, but yeah, no, those, that line was, was disgusting in that period. And, and like the Red Wings, like they did this before. Like they did this against San Jose and they lost 6 5 at a four out lead. I think blew it in, I think it was eight minutes, say maybe seven and a half, something like that. And their defense fucking sucks. I mean, outside of the goaltending sucks. Their goaltending's uh, hurt. Outside of Moe Sider, who they have. Ghost I wouldn't say the defense sucks. Uh, I would say no, it's... Sucks. I don't think it sucks. I think it is... I think the thing with their with their D and that it gets overlooked is the fact that they can outscore it, and that's why it doesn't look as bad. But I don't, think, I Detroit, I don't think it's horrible. The way I see Detroit, especially their blue line, last year and this year, they just put a Band-Aid on everything and just signed, like, gave out you know, two, three-year deals to all these, like, washed-up veterans. 
Justin. I don't Holt. know if it was a band aid though. Ghost. I would say, well, maybe not a band aid, but just like kind of throw in like a patch uh, and like. Yeah, but what on whoever I really? I don't know though. I mean, what did they really patch up though? Because they were rebuilding. Maybe I don't know. Maybe not patching up the door, but. Yeah, like that's what I mean. They essentially just handed out free money to a bunch of, you know, not great defensemen like Justin Hole. I mean, you know, he's. I mean, he's been good to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not trying to like disagree with everything you're saying. I just. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Aggressive. I'm not a. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not a big fan of how Detroit has, uh, you know, worked with their defense. I think their forwards have been, you know, really well crafted and especially signing Kane. Obviously, that's huge. He's yeah. the biggest free agent out there, right? Right at that point, you know. Obviously, now Kessel is the one left, but um, you know, going out and getting Patty Kane, that was obviously the the biggest thing that they could have done. Yeah, and him to Brinkett, Larkin, having all those guys there, and then obviously Mo Sider is like the staple of your blue line. But outside of that, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't they really know if the Isaac plan is in effect yet. Um, Walman's twenty seven. Sider, obviously, he's young. He's twenty two. I do PJ, like Wallman. He's 36. Yeah, me too. Um, Mott is 29. Hall is 32. Gosses Bear is 30. And then Ben Chirot is 32. And yeah. Chirot is at 5.2 million. Uh, Ghost is 4.1. Hall is 3.4. That Those really aren't bad deals. For um, me, it's just Chirot and Petrie that, that just ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Petrie doesn't make Chirot. a lot of money, though, thankfully. He only makes 1.6, which isn't too bad for his age. Um, Sherratt making five point two five. That's that's horrific. Yeah. Um, Do you yeah. remember how hard he was to play against when we played against the Canadians in the Sherratt? Yeah. In the bubble. Yeah, and then they got a first oh, round in Florida. Yep. 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 If if Risto isn't dealt by the end of this season, they should look to trade him to Detroit in the off season. Honestly. Like to to Detroit, I feel like they would probably do it too. You really want them to trade though. Risto? <laughs> you, I, you, you've said it like the past like three episodes. <laughs> I'm I'm on board with that. I'm all he, for that. I, I'm fine with Risto now. I just don't think we should keep him. But I don't know. So that's just a, that's just a thought that popped in my mind right now with Detroit. I didn't really think of them as a willing candidate until now, hearing their defense core out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Like they're kind of like in the mix again. Like I said, and and I mean we'll talk about the some of the other uh, teams kind of later on, and kind of you know looking around the league and stuff too. But yeah, I mean I think for for those couple of games for the Flyers and just kind of where they were at. I mean the national game was frustrating. It was just one of those nights. Um, it just felt like, and it was weird because Torts had kind of said some things that we kind of like went and. It, 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 I don't know if you guys remember, but there was the time, it was the end of 21-22, and Mike Yo was obviously upset because the Flyers had blown a lead to the Canadians. They believe they lost in overtime, and it was, it was a goal that was a total defensive breakdown. Like All five guys were on one side of the ice, whatever, and Yo had said something post-game where he was like, yeah, like somebody, somebody's going to have to get scratched, like a veteran or something, and and little did he know he was so pissed that he forgot that the Flyers didn't have any more call-ups that year because they used, I think it was 47 guys in that total that year. I might be wrong on that because um, of injuries and call-ups and waivers and whatever. And uh, that's what Torts kind of sounded like. It sounded like he was so mad that like he basically said the other day that like 
they had, they'd been scoring on the rush and they'd be doing all these things. And then he goes out and he's like, Oh, if we're, if you know, we think we're going to be a rush team, like we're going to have a problem. And I'm like, the rush has been working. The rush has been what your success really throughout the past, you know, month and a half or so. Like it was kind of weird for him to say that. Cause I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of a bunch of goals that scored off the rush and forced plays and, you know, stripping pox in the neutral zone type stuff. And obviously the Flyers D being very active too. So like, I don't know, that was kind of weird from that game, but like outside of those three, that's, that's, that's about all I got from, from those couple of games. Yeah. They just look, they just look brutal against Nashville. Like, I feel like I just watched that game and just completely forgot about it afterwards. Didn't even want to remember any of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, Okay, so we got Mitchkov potentially being stuck in Russia, I guess, KHL. Obviously, we've we've talked about Mitchkov. I've kind of said that I think he's going to be a flyer next year. That doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Uh, We kind of have – we've talked about Mitchkov, I think, in just about almost every episode so far and kind of like where we think he's going to be, kind of his development, you know, the idea of like adding him and and if he comes over, what happens – so there's a little bit of a news with that. Uh, so he missed some time with illness, including the KHL All-Star game. He put a story uh, up on his Instagram a couple of days ago. It was him kind of skating, doing some drills. He put, I'm back as the caption. Uh, should be returning to Sochi, his KHL team soon. And then earlier this week, um, uh, Shumi Babayev, he's his Russian agent. I could have butchered that, and I apologize for that. Uh, he revealed that the president has laid out a quote-unquote order that young players are to stay in Russia. And then per Ad Hockey News Hub on Twitter, it seems like four to five years seems the norm now for KHL players to stay over there. Uh, Yegor Chinikov from Columbus was an exception who came over after one season. Mijkov, specifically, his contract runs through 2026, and questions that we kind of have on this one and the questions I got for you guys is, does this kind of extend the wait time for him to come to Philly? Obviously, what does this mean for players like uh, Igor Zavrigan, who have not signed ELCs yet, stuff like that? And will the Flyers you know, try to get him out early? So this is kind of putting the Flyers in like a weird spot because you have, obviously, where our rebuild is and where the you know, team's been playing well, you know, winning games, third in the division right now, heading into, in, you know, in the middle of our Christmas break here. You know, it, it's kind of in a weird spot, and, and it makes you – it kind of changes the trajectory of, of everything. So what are we kind of thinking with this with this uh, Mitchkov news? I feel like it doesn't change anything in my head. I mean, like, he had uh, – he was in the KHL, like, for another, like, season or whatever before this three-year contract. So that four- to five-year timeline really doesn't change that much, at least from my opinion. Like, I was never too hopeful that he gets out early. Um I feel like he'll probably play through to the end of his contract unless like, who knows, maybe he's still having trouble with um, like ska or whatever. Maybe they still don't want to play him. Um, ska. Is that, ska. Is, is it just S-K-A. S-K-A? Just S-K-A. <laughs> Wait, you actually say ska? Ska. I don't even care. <laughs> not, not reading that out letter for letter. Uh, um, but yeah. Um, so I feel like it doesn't change much there for me. Um, but Zavragan is definitely an interesting case. I, feel I can't like believe you just said that. <laughs> actually, I stand by it. Oh, I'm going to call them that. Oh, that's so funny. Ska St. Petersburg. Let's yeah, go great. Ska. Yeah. Let's go I Ska. Com- I completely stand by it. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, with Zavragan, they definitely have an interesting 
choice there with him. I'd be curious if this four to five rule now would apply like before they sign a contract. Like, would they frown upon Zavragan leaving before he he starts? I, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I don't really like. I'm not really worried about Zavragan because like he's not even signed to his LC yet, and like Kolasov is. So I think he's going to need a little more time. Um, it does make me wonder about Kolasov though, because I believe there is a connection with Mitchkov in that realm. I'm not 100 percent positive on that though. I think Kolasov might be fine though because he's. He's not playing like exactly with a whole Russian stigma on him. He's Belarusian, so it's a little bit different than if he was directly, you know, like within Russia. Um, I think Zavrigan probably has a little bit more to worry about because well, he's playing in the cage. Cool in the cage. But I think the fact that he has the Belarusian aspect is a little bit, you know, maybe could be to his advantage. I think. Um, Zavrigan hasn't even signed his ELC yet. I think, if anything, he would be the guy who would wait the longest because if, you figure if he signs now, um, he still probably has to wait like another, you know, four or five years, like Hockey News Hub said. Right. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think of where the Flyers are at with with that specifically. You know, you have um, obviously Urson, who has what is that one year left? Urson has one year left on his deal after this season. Carter no, Hart is a free agent. No, Urson signed two years. Two years. This is I two can't remember. Let me. Oh. This is the last this year of his ELC. Current deal. Next year starts the first year of his two-year extension. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me double check that just to make sure that I'm saying that right. Uh, yes. Okay. You guys are correct. I'm stupid. Yeah. So first year contract exception uh, is 2024-25. He's a UFA 2026-27. Obviously, you have Hart uh, RFA at the end of this season. And when you look at the other goaltenders, Peterson is a UFA at 2025-26. You have Fedotov. That contract is basically just sitting there. Kolosov is signed. Bjarnason is signed. And then you have Sandstrom. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't really see the spot for Zavrigan right now, um, especially because you, you signed Bjarnason. I think they realize that Zavrigan is probably going to take some time. There's really no rush either. So, like, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell, I think, with goalies, too. And, like, the Flyers are in a good spot, ELC-wise, contract-wise, I think. I mean, the cap-wise, not really. I mean, but they're 47 of 50 on the contract side of things and almost $2 million in cap. And that's, you know, they got some dead cap, too. And in, uh, you know, D'Angelo, Limblom, Hayes. And Hayes. Yeah, they got three years left of Hayes, uh, two years left of D'Angelo, the rest of this year and next year. And then this is the last year of Lindblom's buyout, the 666000 for Oscar Lindblom. And, and Brzezgalov is still on there, but he's not getting paid anything. So they have like close to six. Could you imagine? Some million in dead cap. If Ilya Brzezgalov was still being paid in 2023. Well, that's like um, DPH. Well, and also, uh, what's his name on the Mets? Um, oh, how yeah. um, oh, Bobby Benia. That's it. He's, um, oh, yeah, isn't that the guy who's being paid through like 2040 or something like that? Yeah, he's, get, he's getting paid 1.1. Let me see. Uh, yeah, one, it's 1,193,248.20 from the New York Mets. From every July first, from 2011 to 2035, boys, <laughs> I'll be bro. 
How many years ago? How many? That's 12 years. I'll be fucking 32. Mm-hmm. And that guy is going to be making a million dollars a year to do what? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, like that's, that's where that's easily the worst contract in sports history. But yeah, I, I mean it for, for Mitchkov again, kind of going back to that, like, I think the real thing you have to figure out here is what your plan is with your team. I mean, you look at the these next couple of years and just say, for example, that Mitchkov is, is 2026, right? Then you really, I think, can – I think it – again, I have always thought that this whole thing and the timeline of your rebuild revolves around Mitchkov. I've kind of said that. I've hinted at that. Like, if you're I mean, ready – It has to. to. You're, yeah, it has to. Like, if you're ready to go next year – then try to get him over next year. You'll have Cutter. You'll have go. You'll have uh, Mitchkov. You know those are two guys going right into your top six. Then you have you know obviously Bonk and and you know other guys that are kind of on the way. Uh, Tuomala could be you know making his his presence in some point with how good he's been. Paul, I know you wrote about him recently. There, there's other guys I think that can kind of be in the mix here. And I just look at kind of where they are and, and you know, the, the terms of contract and, and certain guys that are, you know, veterans that might still be here that may not be here. But if you're looking at it on the flip side, 2026, it's like, all right, well, maybe we kind of suck for like another year. Try to get some more patience from the fans if you can for another year. I know it's hard to stomach that and kind of stomach hearing like the same, like, oh, you know, we're, we're not really there yet. I know it's, you know, because at some point it's going to get old hearing that. Just like how it was old hearing the, you know, we think we're right there and, you know, aggressive retool and all that. It's going to be the same thing. And then, and then I think, you know, you can, you know, kind of be okay with being banned and still, you know, build up on some draft picks and trust your scouts a little more and let those guys do really a lot of your work as your season's kind of going on. And then you make your splash at the draft. So that's kind of where I, I could see that. I could see it go both ways. The whole thing to me revolves around where Mitch Cobb and when he comes over, when he when you can get him, et cetera, the whole thing. I yeah. think you have a little more runway with the fans as long as you're just honest with them. Right, exactly, exactly. And they, they, they have been so far. Yeah, like we talked about that so far. So with the culture and how that's changed. And like the more you do that and the more you can kind of bring that into this fan base, it's, it's going to go a long way. I mean, again, the I think the – the whole thing on like how long can you stomach a rebuild? That's definitely a fair, a fair point to make. You know, how long can fans really stomach that? Cause like I'm already tired of it. I want them to start winning again, but they're just not there yet. You know what I mean? Cause I just, I want to see winning hockey. I've never seen it in my life. And I think we're all in the same boat. We've never really seen it in our lives. Right. I mean, Sam, you watched 2010, right? Mm-hmm. Paul, yep. you, you started watching not too long ago. And well, you just started watching hockey not too long ago. I mean, I started in, in the last lockout. Well, yeah. I mean, I was the year right before the lockout. My first like memories were from 2011, so it was yeah. you know pretty much right as everything was going to yeah, shit. So that was I the mean, second round sweep, and then the second round loss in five. Right, but, I mean, years to be fair five. though, to, to be fair though, before the second round or no, it wasn't the second round sweep. It was um 2011-12, so it was the 2012 playoff run. So uh, that I mean that was, was fun. It was the, the Pittsburgh you know, the, run. Yeah, the Pittsburgh series. Yeah, I mean obviously that's one of the most fucking fun series of hockey that has it's ever the happened. Best, it's the best series of of the Flyers um, outside of 2010's run in like 04. 100%. 100% and, yeah. and, and the couple of rounds in 08 and 09 because they had some good runs there. More 08, I think. Um, but yeah, I was yeah. like fucking five years old. Like 
they're yeah. just there's it's it sucks because there's such a like I you know, I was thinking about that the other night. I was at the game on Thursday. I was with my cousins. I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I'm acting like a fucking utter goof over a random game against Nashville, like a couple days before the Christmas break. And I'm like, can I imagine myself watching the Stanley Cup final with this team? I was like, I think I'd literally have a heart attack in the middle of the game. Like yeah. it was, it, I don't know. It just, it really makes don't me. Don't you weird. ever dream about that, man? I always, th- yeah. I always think about what it would be like to be there. Oh the- my God. I, I don't know how I did. I saw myself the way that I acted at Drew's last game. I could not even imagine the out of body experience that I would have if I was there live and the team won the Stanley Cup. I think I would like, I have no idea how I would act. Absolutely no idea. I would just freak. I think it was on top of the world when they drafted Mitchkov for like a week. So, like, I can't even imagine that either. That was so fun. The, The pure, like, just intensity that this city has for even the idea of being good again is, is like insane. Yeah. So just imagine how it's going to be like when, you know, the team actually is good again and they're winning and they're competing for Stanley cups with Mitchkov and Goche here. Like that's going to be, it, it's going to be ridiculous. I think we haven't seen that be... since 2010. Yeah. And, and I think the hype around Goche gets forgotten because of how good Mitchkov is and how everyone talks yeah. about Mitchkov. And honestly, even Barky. I think Barky has jumped Goche a little bit in the fan base because how everyone pumps up, how everyone has been pumping up Barky a little bit. I think it's people kind of forget how good Goche And I'm not saying that, like, again, I'm not saying that Barky's better or anything like that. I'm just saying I think there's people, there's some people out there that do forget that Goche went number five overall for a reason. And I think when he comes here, it's going to be like, whoa, because I think that's another weapon. Because I think a lot of people look at it like, well, Mitchkov's the guy. I think Gauthier is like, hey, I want to be that guy too. You know what I mean? And, I and think he's, got, he's, he's got also, swag. yeah, he he's does. got that. He's got that fuck you swagger that he needs to Seriously, have. Yeah, and yeah, yeah he's he walks got around like he's the shit, and he like, should. Yeah. He should, because that's that's how you want to be. And I think him and Mitchkov both should fucking do that. And I mean, dude, if they could get. If they can get one more guy that can be like that, even if it, if it's honestly, I'd love for it to just be a defenseman. If you can get one defenseman, like Paul, I, Paul, I think you said this before about how like the D in this draft and all that stuff, like kind of like if you can get one guy in the D in that room, I know Bonk is probably one of them, and obviously yeah. still you work too. That could be huge, and I like we're set in goal, we're set in forward. I think, I think they need another defenseman like that. I don't know if you're set, but you definitely have a, a you know well, I, solid I guess, enough yeah, foundation. I guess you say set, but you this is essentially 2017 all over again, right? Like, yeah, you have yeah. the prospects that you kind of have the general yeah. consensus of what they're going to be, or at least how they would slot in, and yeah. then uh, you know you kind of have to just build from there. The biggest thing, obviously, with between then and now, is the fact that you're actually honing in on your player development because yeah. back then we had the prospects, we just had no sense of development well, whatsoever about it. they they blew limblom patrick ratcliffe frost yep um oh my god who who else rubsov um I mean, Provrov, they blew. Limblom got screwed because he was he was yeah, looking good laberge is another one albi kubel's another one who was a high pick i mean fuck before like 2011 they basically took they basically took grinders and fighters. I mean, Tyro Goldborn went the third round. <laughs> yeah. 
Like Goldworm was like a career fighter. You look at his stats. He's like he had like 105 penalty minutes in junior. We took him in the fucking third round. Yeah. And it's no disrespect to Goldborn. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing? And that was that was the Flyers' development. It was like, take a guy like that and and see what you do. I mean, if you go and you look at the draft history from like probably like the mid, probably like late nineties to like probably 2010, that's about all it is. Yeah, that's about all it is. I mean, they never went first overall outside of a trade, um, which was seventy five. That took Mel Bridgman, but outside of that. I mean, like it's 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 little things like that that like I mean like you obviously Patrick you're fucking Van Reeves like like it's just they're terrible with draft and development the whole thing they just did nothing with those guys for for such a long time and I like I don't think our luck can be that bad again where we you know lose all those guys again for nothing I mean think of how many guys are out of that crowd that we lost for nothing like Patrick. And Limblom, like two guys right there, how the skill on those two. If you still had those guys at full length, they'd be much better. I mean, obviously, there's a combination of luck, but it's also just a sense of like mismanagement and not, you know, lack of awareness. I mean, you mentioned Patrick, obviously, the fact that, you know, we got Ryan Ellis. Don't get me wrong, it's it's completely sad that, you know, Ellis's career is over and he was yeah. essentially, you know, broken in half. But I mean, like the guy was broken in half when we got him. And, well, and you know, he didn't want to play here. He didn't want to be here. I don't even know that he didn't want to be here. It's just the fact that I don't think he ever wanted to leave Nashville. I, I, I don't really think he was coming into. There's, there's no way he could have been happy. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, he said he literally was the most excited in his career player, and I 100% agree with that because that you got to think about the buzz around that team that year. Like I know everyone thinks about that season and thinks it was going to fuck like. That season's terrible. That season is like burned into my mind is something I would love to forget and I never will. But the buzz around that team that year was through the roof. Like you went from like kind of like a, a bad year to Ellis to Risto to Joel Farabee coming off of a 20 goal year and an extension. You had Coots. The only question you had was G. And no one cared about it at the time because it was like, all right, let's roll. We're gonna be good. And then it just the wheels fell off the bus. But the the buzz around that team that year was was pretty high. They just I mean also Atkinson I should mention him. They signed all those one year deal guys: Yandel, Broussard, Martin Jones, uh, Nate Thompson came back on the one year deal. Like they had a good good group of of NHL players. They just couldn't. The coaching staff fucking sucked. Was the problem? If you had that roster with the current coaching staff, I think that team easily made the playoffs, even with the injuries. If you had Craig Berube on that team. I think that team could have won a Stanley Cup. And if they were healthy and they had Craig Berube, I think they could have won a Stanley Cup. All right. So well, well, I don't understand what else that. Why? You're kidding. I don't think that team I don't think that team even With if they G, were healthy, Coots, I don't can I, can I don't know that they would Ellis, have won a Stanley Cup. Provorov, Carter Hart. Hart wasn't good that year. Well, that Who? doesn't mean that doesn't mean Konechny wouldn't have been good that year. Oh, you're saying with good coaching staff, he would. Yeah, with good coaching staff, and if they were healthy, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, was good that year, but he he fucking, I think he led the team in in scoring chances and every other good category. He just didn't score. I mean, regardless of like you know what actually happened, like that team. I mean, in def- in rare defense of Chuck Fletcher, I know everybody spends a lot of time busting his balls oh. and everything. I he made, he went out. He went out and well, made that's, you know that's, a handful of moves that were really impressive. Saying. 
He like, overhauled the roster. He brought in Atkinson, Ristolainen, and Ellis. Those were the big three guys. Made a couple pretty good depth signings. And then that team played, what, one game together the entire year? Yeah. I mean, if they had a healthy Hayes, G, Coots. I mean, if Coots and Hayes alone were healthy, they probably they would have been better. Dude, they, they used 47 guys that year. Yeah. I mean, they switched code. Like, I don't know. I mean, on paper, that team wasn't – it wasn't a bad team. It's just, is, I mean, Broussard – 21 22 you're talking about, right? Yeah, I think Broussard yeah. played 20 games. Like, see. if they were healthy, they could have done and when something. And he, when, he, when he did play, he was really effective, too. The Farron yeah, and Broussard Atkinson line is really good. Broussard like, played 30, 31 games. Yeah, like, that's the one team that I look at was the – I think that team arguably could be a bigger miss than 2020 when you look at the on the on-paper rosters. I don't know that I agree with that because the 2020 <laughs> team was an actual miss. 2021-22 was just bad luck. The 2020 yeah. team was I mean, pure just the same, aren't they? No, because I would say 2020 was more they didn't or 2021 whatever, right after the bubble. You had Niskanen just, you know, retire out of nowhere, that kind of threw a curveball and yeah. his, sucks. you know, Fletcher's fix for it was Eric Gustafson. No, I mean, fix, you know, no, he did sign Gustafson, but you know what his actual fix for that was? Was throwing Phil Myers. Phil Myers into that role, yep. Which was also a terrible decision. Yeah. Remember so, when I talked about last episode about Buffalo throwing the fucking Ristolainen and Darlene into the Wolves? That's what they did with yeah. Myers. And that's mm-hmm. why he's been in the, basically a career AHL or since. Yeah, I mean, you know, Myers was a good kind of – bottom pair guy maybe second if you needed him to for a little bit but i mean there's no reason he should have been playing top pair minutes there's no reason justin braun should have been playing top pair minutes eric gustison was a complete band-aid that just you know i mean now of course he's on the rangers and he's like a fucking norris caliber defenseman but you know literally his worst season of his career was in philly yeah of course so he had that really really good season in chicago right yeah washington too after Yeah. yeah And then he even went to Montreal and he didn't play bad and they went to the cup final. He's in Calgary, wasn't he? Too? They've been everywhere. Yeah, I think he was. If I'm not mistaken. Back to Chicago, Washington, yeah. Toronto, New York. The Rangers. Holy fuck. Yeah, he's been all over the place. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, look, I like what? one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven teams. He's haven't even played 500 games. And three of those teams he's played less than 10 games for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, I, there's a lot of, you know, what ifs and what should have been, what didn't fucking happen, but here we are. So, um, Chris, I know you have uh, some stats from kind of where we're at this season to where we were last season. What do we got going on? Yeah. So I kind of, I did some digging uh, these past couple of days. Uh, the Flyers, compared to last season, and obviously last year was a totally different year. They were, you know, more injured, used more players, all that stuff. They've been relatively healthy that year. That's obviously been the big plus. Uh, when you look at this team last season, uh, finished 31, 38, and 13 with 75 points, seventh in the Metropolitan Division. 222 goals, that was 29th out of 32. And the goals against was 227, 22nd out of 32. They were not good. That's obviously full stats. But when you're looking at that last game before the Christmas break, the Flyers, they finished. uh, That was uh, in Carolina. It was a 6-5 loss. 
uh, on December 23rd, 2022. The Flyers were 11-17-7 on a two-game losing streak. They actually came out of that break on a four-game win streak, uh, winning, I think it was seven of their of their next eight games coming out of that, because of course. And then they actually played really good hockey throughout the month of January, went to the All-Star break, and then everything fell apart after that. So I think that I think that month of that team was kind of like this the November ish to like December month of this team. And again, 11, 17, and 7. You look at this team so far, 20th and goals four. So, you know, relatively the same. I mean, they're, you know, 29th. They definitely moved up, but you know, they you obviously could get that up more and Part of the biggest reason I think everybody has the had knows the answer to that one, the power play. Um, but goals against is ninth out of 32 teams. I mean, that's really good. Your penalty kill has been great, have had a top five penalty kill. Flyers up until this point on the season are 18, 11, and four. Uh, again, they've had some really good games. They've been able to score, outscore their opponents, scoring first. They've obviously done a really good job in uh, in that category. I mean, it's it's been it's been good. I mean, I think in uh, you know certain situations, the Flyers have been good. You look at records from last year, scoring first. They were 17, 11, and four when their opponents scored first. 14, 27, and nine. Um, if you're looking at this year. So far, there isn't as much um, really on that yet because the season, obviously, there's still, what, 50-something games left. Um, if you're looking at just, you know, one-goal games, they were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Uh, when they had a lead after the first period, they're 12-4-1. Uh, when they're trailing after the first period, they're 5-21-6. and six. So Holy. that kind of shows you right there. Like, they've been able to kind of come back in some games – but scoring first has been huge, and, and that was kind of what it was last year too. So that's that hasn't really changed a ton. When they had the lead after two last year, they were twenty-two, one and two. So they were at least able to close out a ton of games. They have been able to do that this year. That's been one good thing that they've had. Um, you know, goaltending and stuff has been you know pretty good this year. You're looking at at actual um, you know team stats and and stuff like that. It's it's relatively been been fine, I think. I think for again for you know team stats, um, again they average around just about three goals a game, little under three, um, two point seven six goals against. Uh, they have eleven power play goals on one hundred and four power play opportunities, ten point five eight percent. Penalty has been very good. Um, 15 power play goals against for 105 opportunities. That is 87 point, or excuse me, 85.71%. Uh, Seven shorthanded goals. Um, you know, they've had a lot of, you know, three shutouts as well. They've had a couple good games for the goalies. And I did mention the goalies as well. Carter Hart this year has a 913 save percentage and a 262 goals against average in 18 games started, 18 games played. He's 9-6-2. Sam Erson, who's had a really good start to the season after a really bad couple. Numbers aren't great after, like, you know, those first couple where he had the, the five in Dallas and then the seven against Anaheim, and then he came in and faced very minimal shots against Buffalo and gave up a couple squeakers. But he's been very solid since those first couple of games and adjusting to that backup role. 899 save percentage, 
and a 256 goals against average um in uh what is that 14 games played 13 of them started he's eight four and two and cal peterson's kind of come in in a couple you know two tough or two kind of so-so games are the really good game in la in la and the really bad game at home against la um so you know with certain guys when called upon they've had good years i mean again most likely you know most of the time this year excuse me they have had um success from pretty much everybody i mean if we look up and down the lineup you know connecty plays almost you know 20 minutes a night he's averaging 19 12 sanheim 25 14 couturier is about 20 minutes Farabee, I think Farabee and Tippett are the ice times I'd like to see get bumped up. Like Atkinson plays 17-12 on the year so far, and Tippett's playing 15-15. Farabee plays 14-58. I'd like to see those guys get a couple more minutes. Kind of. I feel like Tippett, though, hasn't really earned the right to, you know, have his ice time up. I mean, he's not – if he's not going to be confident with the puck and let go of his shot, like what's the point, right? I mean, like – Last year, he was, it felt like he was just picking corners on damn near every goalie, and now he hesitates on taking you know the same routine shots that he was letting go last year. It's just like at this point, it's a confidence issue. I don't know if, and you know, we're gonna get into it obviously yeah, I feel later. Like it's a confidence thing. I don't think like it's the same thing with Frost. If you want to say confidence issue, you got to play the guy. Same thing with Farrell. Like, you can't keep. I think the Frost situation is a little bit different. It is. A hundred percent is. But like people will say, yeah. it's, it's confidence thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, we kind of need to play to get out of that. Also, yeah. I mean, we'll get into it later with, with the whole, like, you know, maybe it depends on what side he's playing. But yeah. I mean, you know, Will, what, what do you got? Well, with Tibbet, I, I disagree with the whole, like, him not shooting thing. I mean, him not scoring is one thing. Um, but like, he's one of the like most common like shooters on the team now. Like I, th- I think I saw something. He's like top five in the league and like shots per like, like second of ice time or whatever, like way up there with Pasternak, all them like people who shoot all the time and actually score goals. So I feel like, like he just doesn't have the scoring touch right now. Yeah. Um, so I think Paul, I would kind of err on your side there. Of maybe, maybe he doesn't deserve as much ice time, but I, I see your angle of like, he needs more to get that confidence. I don't know. I mean, does Atkinson really deserve almost 18 minutes a night? No, no. Tippett definitely deserves, I would say, more than Atkinson. Yeah, but then, you're, you're just, but then you're just getting into the same old, you know, argument of, oh, well, Torts has fucking favorites. Like, well, no shit. He does, we know this. 100%. I mean, like, yeah, okay, but, like, that's like every, not going to change. Like every coach does, whether or not they say Yeah, it. every coach has their favorites. It's like, right, but that there's no mean it's okay to just not fucking talk about it. Like, well, it's not, no, I mean, it's not, not okay it's, to just, like, fuck someone over consistently at night in and night out right but i mean but there's also like no point in bringing it up if we like it's not going to change like we know this but you have to just kind of no there is know. a point in bringing it up because well, it happens so many times so it still continues to happen it's not going to change and like so the what that so i don't because then if it's if it's not going to change you just have to factor it in as like a it's a constant now like it's just there's nothing going to Nothing's going to change it. You have to just almost accept that as that just you know, means just a fact. Don't talk about it, right? That makes no, no not sense. that we don't talk about it. Well, we can talk about it. But what are you saying? He's the only one that can that's, change it. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, there's that's, no point. That's in... my point. Is he like complains about specific players not doing anything when he makes the fucking lineup? He's like Frost and Atkinson don't score. You make the fucking lineup. Put them with guys who you think can score. Like I don't. You've gone. I get it. You've been winning games. And that's fine. It's also a rebuilding roster that you don't always have the weapons to put those guys with. 
but you do. You you literally have, you have debatable. Horse is literally the worst fucking person to evaluate talent on this team. Easily. Know, man. I mean, Did you see the report the other day that he could go into a management role? That scares me. There was a report the other day from uh, I think it was Andy Strickland on the Cam and Strick pod that Torts would go into a management role and Chief would be the coach. Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't see that. Hmm. That scares the fuck out of me because Torts in any sort of development role or overseeing talent role. My God, I mean, for, for they wouldn't be making the lineup. For the people who complain right. about Clark and Holmgren and Barber, Jesus Christ, those people are going to be in for a rude awakening if they complained about them. Which that was a total disgrace. And then you want to put Torts in the middle of that? My God, I mean, we've had player development problems for fucking how long? And you want to put John Tortorella in a spot for that? I, I could, I, I mean, how many guys could I, off the top of my head, that I could say that he fucked up? And then you could you could just throw right back out there because the one Zach Wierenski that had the good career out of torts when there's there's Carlson there's um, Matt Zuccarello was another one you have Alex Marty Saint Louis Marty Saint Louis Mom, yeah Marty Saint Louis he yeah uh, he coached him to a Stanley Cup yeah I, I completely forgot I mean he's been around so long um, oh my God Wenberg is another one I mean fuck I remember. You. I remember when he picked uh, he picked uh, Justin Applicator over Phil Castle for Team USA in the Olympics, I think it was. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it but mean, I'm not against him as, as heavily as you are. So. No. It's not that I don't like the guy. I think he is a good coach. He is not the right coach for a rebuild. I'll fucking die. I will die on the deathbed of that. I don't care. I, I will say that until the, this rebuild is done, until he's Wait. gone. Would you He's be this? Would you coach. be this passionate about it if it wasn't Frost getting fucked every night? I don't. Think it's so. not. It's not even Frost getting fucked any. It's not even Frost getting fucked every night. It's it's everyone. It's the fact that like another example of it is Faraby. Faraby plays fourteen fifty eight. Then I mean, you have guys like Hathaway who plays ten thirty seven. Delorier playing nine minutes. We, and okay, yeah, you, I just need his fourth line usage. Who pay? Yeah, he because he plays the fucking fourth line like a third line. You don't notice that that every other fucking shift the fourth line's out there. No, I mean he does, but it's just you know it's he's a terrible yeah. coach, dude. I'm sorry. He just, <laughs> you he's just said he was a good coach. No. He's he's a he is a good coach, but he is a terrible coach for what we need. It, it, I've said this all along. But we can't surprise. Okay. That was kind of like the narrative coming in when he. Got yeah, there. I mean we knew this. Like he was, yeah. But I he don't was understand. Hired to be the coach who would turn it around quickly in an aggressive retool kind of right. thing, and then they right, pivoted. Exactly. To rebuild, right? Because I personally do not believe that anyone with a hockey brain in this organization was the one who hired him. I'm I'm sorry. That's that's a whole new conspiracy. I look. That's a completely different thing. I clearly have my thoughts about Torts. I'm just. I am. I just don't think he's the right coach. I just don't. Well, then. uh, Yeah. To address the management thing, like maybe, maybe I'm. Uh, like underestimating how much of an impact he'd have in a management role. But don't you think like putting him further away from the lineup and like some of that development stuff would be better than and allowing him to like have an impact on the culture from within inside the team without actually causing all these problems. Like that you I think dislike about him? the whole culture thing with him is kind of like beat to death. Like, 
I know that there's there's obviously a you know the the hard ass type of mentality that he has and the way that he is and whatever, but like that wears on guys, and like I can't see that really really being one of the main things that gets this team far. Like I I wouldn't surprise me if they already started tuning him out or if they did last year. I mean, there was multiple players that left last year and already had bad relationships with them. I mean, it's not like it's not, not like every, this. Not like every player and coach are going to get along. No, no, but like, I mean, I don't understand the fucking defending of the guy. Like, there's nothing here to me that just it's says not really that. defending him. It's, it's not really no, defending it's him. It's like, kind of just like making. You're kind of just beating beating a dead dead horse at this point. Like, I'm really not you're saying, because it's you, still a are, You still should be rebuilding, and you're not. Is my my issue? The, what's your definition of rebuilding? Because there's you're basically it's hopping on the whole idea that if you're playing. not losing games, then it's no. It's that's not what a I'm all. What I'm saying is certain players, and the reason we are good is because he's riding veterans. That's why they're good right now. It's not because like any specific gun guy has been like. I mean, how long did it take Forrester to fucking get going? It took him a while. It did, and, it did and take him a has while. he really done anything since he scored? And I'm not trying to nitpick. I, I, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's been, you know, that impressive. And, and, that's for sure. Yeah, they first or yeah, like, that's not why the team in ice time amongst forwards or whatever. Right. And he's got right, what? Yeah. Five goals. Yeah. Like to, to answer your question, Will, I don't. I don't Go think. Ahead. Um. To answer your question, I don't think it um is you know, a good thing at all if he is put in a management role because uh, not necessarily because I think not for the same reason that Chris thinks, because, you know, this guy like has no hockey mind or whatever. can't evaluate talent. I think it's more. Um, wait, wait, have... wait. I didn't say it didn't have a hockey mind. I said he sorry, couldn't have any talent. The hockey development mind. There you yes. Go. There you go. Um, so I, I think the, the bigger problem you have right there is if you are so maybe not intimidated, but if you feel so like strongly attached to a guy who's not even going to be your coach anymore, I think that is kind of a, you're almost like handcuffing yourself because you're you're essentially giving Tortorella power that he doesn't really need. Thank because you. If he's not going to be your, if he's not going to be your coach, what's the point in having him in the organization at all? Bingo. You already have, you know, your guys, you already have Jones, you already have Briere. You already have your advisors with Sharp and. Um, Let me just ask you is this: Captain is still an advisor? Yeah, Captain still. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, have, you already player. have your guys. Exactly, player development. You already have your guys that are supposed to be your advisors and Let your me player just development. Ask you guys, I'm gonna just ask you guys this: What exactly do you think he does for this team? Like, I get it. Yes, they're winning games. I'm not complaining about the Flyers winning. But I think there's such a huge thing that's like, oh, the, where especially you see it in the national media that covers us. And, and I think even the, the local broadcast, too. It's a ton of like what Torts does and what he says and all this other stuff. Like there's talent on this roster. That's my point is like there's so much of like the, oh, well, you know, Torts is what's Torts doing? Like it's like what everyone talks about when it's like there's more here. The, the, the roster is good enough to, to have – this type of of um, this type of start, in my opinion. I mean, I never thought that they would be as bad as everyone said. I said that from the beginning. I had questions about the D, 
but the D's been fine and they play well. But the reason they're good is because of their veterans and you know the style. I like the style they play with. I just don't like the usage of some of the guys, especially when you say you're going to rebuild and you say you're going to do these specific things, like Torts has said, and Paul, you've even said it, the buzzwords that he likes to throw around all the time, that I don't even think he really goes by with something. He talks about accountability, and I don't really know if he has any, if I'm being honest, as a coach. So that's that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Like, yeah, they're winning, and I'm happy about that, but like, A, I don't think this is sustainable, and B, it's not because of any specific young player. It's really because of, you know, him riding veterans and, and that type of style. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, look, I could be dead fucking wrong about this, but that's just kind of how I see it. So I don't know. I think I'm still slightly hopeful on Torts. I mean, obviously, I'm, I don't love his lineup decisions and some of his developmental thoughts, but I, I still think he has value to this team. And I'm – not saying I would want him in any management role, but I feel like there would be a certain management role where he could actually be of value to the team yeah. uh, and much more valuable than detrimental. But wh- whether they would put him and utilize him properly, I, I don't know that I would trust that. Um, but I-, I don't know. It's me kind of just like hedging the bet, I guess, on like the whole like him being in management is inherently a bad thing. But I mean, I personally think it is, but that doesn't mean you guys have to agree with me. <laughs> you, you guys have you look again. I don't want you to think like you know, it's it's got to be you know, like the same fucking thing. Like, if you like, I think what I'm trying to say is like, it doesn't matter to me if if you know they kind of go with this same style of what they've had over the past couple of years of like having a bunch of these people in like advisor roles. Like that doesn't really matter to me. I just don't know how you can trust a guy like that in a, in a advisor role. It just doesn't just, I just don't like the vibe of the, that kind of brings, but I don't know. All right, quick break. Uh, we're back and we got a little bit of a sponsorship read here. So, uh, Blade Shades, uh, obviously sponsor of the pod. Thank you to Blade Shades for sponsoring uh, Four or Five Guys. Uh, if you don't know about Blade Shades, they are a um, sunglass company. Make a bunch of stuff out of hockey uh, out of that are like hockey sticks. They look really cool. Uh, so if you are a Flyers fan looking to share your fandom, we'd like you to check out the hockey stick sunglasses created by our friends over at Blade Shades. The group has both polarized and non-polarized options, and several pro teams available, which makes them the perfect gift for a hockey fan in your life as well they've they've even got goalie stick models available for the tenty in your life we got a 25 percent discount code when you use code mayor 25 at checkout on teamclicks.com that's mayor 25 m-a-h-e-r 25 at checkout on teamclicks.com t-e-a-m-c-l-i-x.com use code mayor 25 for blade shades um, what are we thinking, fellas? I think that was my best. My I think best that was the best one. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Beautiful. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that wasn't too bad. All right. Uh, World Juniors started today. Uh, day one uh, was yesterday, as we were recording this. Alex Ziernik on Team Slovakia, Oliver Bonk on Canada, Gauthier on USA. Uh, all three countries won their opening game. Slovakia six two over the Czechs. Canada 5-2 over Finland and the United States beating Norway 4-1. 
Uh, Zirnik and Slovakia play today, Wednesday, against Switzerland, Bonk, and Canada. They play against Latvia. That should be a, a fucking snoozer. Uh, and we have obviously us, uh, following you know, mayor media on all social media platforms Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, everywhere. And then our guy, Christopher Babos, uh, from the site, one of our very talented writers, he's going to be covering the June, the uh, world junior championships himself as well. Um, did you guys catch any of the games? I personally didn't. I had was doing stuff all day. I'm going to be catching some more throughout the week, but did you guys catch anything from, from uh, yesterday or no? Saw some of USA. So actually, most of USA. How they look good? Well, I mean, they they um it was scoreless after the first period. I remember that, and they were actually um I don't think they really cared though. I mean, I think they just were focused on just wearing them down because they know they're good enough, obviously. Yeah, I once, think once they started getting power plays in it, they sort of lit it up. Yeah, I think Slovakia's team is underrated. Um, Zirnik is playing, I know, high in the lineup. I think um, Dvorsky is another guy he's been kind of on a line with a little bit. That should be interesting. I know Bonk played third pair today for Canada. I'm sure there's going to be switches with that. I know the the one year, it, like the World Juniors is the one tournament that you kind of have to really pay attention to to kind of see where guys like kind of are. Like past couple of years when I've watched it, Igor Zamula had a really good tournament in 2019, like fantastic. Uh, Emil Andre was very good for Sweden. Uh, and he was really good in 2022 with Sweden. He was captain. He well before the tournament ended up getting canceled because of COVID. The rest of it, um, yeah. I mean, Cam York was another one. He was injured in 2019 when Zamula had that good, really good year. He was also the seventh defenseman. And then the next year, he was like first pair captain, like the whole thing, like it. And then they ended up winning gold uh, in the um, in 2020 with Zegers and Caulfield and that that whole team. So. That's probably one of the the one year, and Bobby Brink was on that team as well. That was one of the really fun years that I had watching the World Juniors. Um, but this past year, or this obviously this year, um, you know, a couple of guys, and it sucks with Mitchkov because it would have been cool to to you know obviously see him play. But um, yeah, that that should be interesting. Okay, uh, next kind of segment here is you're fired. Uh, we wanted to kind of talk about some some kind of NHL things and, and things kind of going around the league. Uh, Craig Berube. Out in St. Louis, Dean Evison out in Minnesota, John Hines comes in, DJ Smith out in Ottawa, Woodcroft out in Edmonton. Uh, if you're looking around the league, I mean, there, I think right up until the Christmas break, there's been some some surprises, I think. Obviously, Boston's still leading the Atlantic. That's definitely a surprise, I think, for most people. Uh, the Islanders being so good and you know having a negative goal differential and being in, in second place above the Flyers is kind of crazy. Ottawa being 12 and 17. Buffalo, they've had a disastrous start to the year. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Minnesota, they've kind of been mid for most of the season. They're really trying to get back to their their start. And, you know, obviously Edmonton's been the one we've we talked about them a bit. Seattle's another one that can't score goals. Vancouver's a wagon. I think there's a lot of good teams and good, like, conversations around the league. Is there anything that kind of sticks out to you guys or no? It has to be Barubi, I think. Out of all those, you know, the things yeah. that you listed, I think St. Louis is a team that uh, I, I feel like they're kind of where the Flyers were a couple of years ago in denial. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know, their their core is just very old. You know, Braden Chen's their captain. They don't have Tarasenko have anymore. Their, have you seen their defense and their contracts? Their, or their, their defense is absolutely. It's like every guy's over 30 and they got like all no move, no trade. Yeah, they have no move, no trades. They have 
at least like at minimum four year deals. They have, um, you know, not the greatest cap. It's Colton Pareko is basically a copy and paste of Travis Sanheim with his contract. It's yeah. I mean, And St. he's Louis's worse than blue line Sanheim. is rough. Yeah. He's, he's a lot worse than Sanheim, but yeah, yeah St. Louis is brutal with their, uh, their kind The of whole contract Kyrie situation. situation. And the Kyrie situation was kind of weird. Um, You know, I mean, it was a little bit like Alec Bohm, though, kind of where, you know, he owned up to it, to what he said, and then they gave him a standing ovation. It was kind of the same thing right there. So that was that was pretty cool. But, you know, Chief being out there as the coach after he won a cup with them, I think says a lot about, you know, kind of who they – they felt like they had to make a change and it wasn't the GM. I think, you know, the fact that they went with Barubi says a lot. Um, and I, I think even more interesting is where does he end up? You know, I know you mentioned earlier, obviously, that there's apparently a report about Torella maybe going into an, uh, a management role. Maybe Barubi comes back here. I, he Yeah, started out his coaching career I love in Chief Philly. here. Chief He, he is started such a it out here. he he's such a good dude. I remember there was a time it was last year. It was like mi middle of January on like a Friday, and uh, I had an interview set up with him, and I was emailing him back and forth. He was a super nice guy when scheduling it and everything. I mean, he took he took like forty five minutes out of his day on a game day after a morning skate to sit and just talk with me about his career and like being in Philly and everything. I mean, he didn't have to do that. I know it's such like a a very like uh, does the story doesn't have a ton of details. You know what I mean? It's just like a very kind of bland story. But like, it's it's little things like that that I think go a long way. And and I think he's a guy that has unfinished business here. Um, when I talked with Jake in October, he had said to me that he thinks it would have been different if they kept Chief. So I wonder if that kind of comes back full circle and he comes back around. Obviously, the connection with Jonesy's there and obviously the Flyers being a player, a coach before and all that. And, um, you know, he had the one the one good year in 12 in a, or excuse me, 13-14, uh, made the playoffs. And then the next year was kind of a disaster and then got got let go for Hackstall. But we shall see. I mean, that would be interesting. I'd, I'd be up for, for Chief to come back. We always talk about the development of players, but how about the development of coaches? You know, I mean, Barubi was a guy that Yeah. he, he started his coaching career here. And, you know, he it wasn't a great year when he got fired, obviously. It was, you know, situational. Somebody had to go and they were Yeah. they chose. I mean, he was an assistant for a long time too. He was an assistant for a long time, right? But as a head coach in that specific role, you know, it, it takes time to kind of, you know, hit your marks and and I remember get the to where one go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. no you're good it, it, it takes you know a while to hit your marks and get to where the top coaches are and you saw him do that with st louis he turned that team around from Yeah. I mean, he fucking won a call. poverty and then won a cup with them He won a Calder how Cup. that Stiddington came in and lit the world on fire. right Yeah, I mean, yeah won a Calder Cup, won a won a Stanley Cup. Um, was assistant with the Phantoms when they won in 0405, and then you know, obviously, like Paul said, the uh, uh, cup with the Blues coming in. I mean, look, he's had a lot of experience. I mean, assistant and, and obviously head coach, and he's definitely going to get picked up. I think another team, if it wasn't the Flyers, would be Ottawa. There's obviously the connection with G a little bit. Yeah, Drew's got to be telling him because, like, Yeah. he's, he's obviously a great guy. So G's definitely probably got to be saying something about him there. Yeah, he's probably he's probably in Ann Lauer's ear trying to get Baruby, it would be my guest. Um, and I think Woodcroft is also a good coach. Like, I think that was just another kind of like Paul, like you said earlier, like the uh, 
what was it the the chuck thing where he kind of made all the moves and it was just bad luck i think that was similar to woodcroft a little bit where he just like everything kind of went wrong for him which everything kind of went wrong and woodcroft was it was another one of the situations where a team picks between a gm and a coach and they went with the gm yeah i mean it's you know woodcroft obviously i don't think that was a really popular move among the fan base either uh especially with you know obviously McDavid has the connection with their current coach. Um, what's his name? Uh, no, no walk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, there's the connection there with them too. I, I think that was his coach in juniors. So that's something, but the yeah, Woodcroft yeah. connection just worked for so long and they were building something that it, it, they'd come close to the Stanley cup final multiple years in a row. You're not going to waste time with the core that you have there with dry and McDavid. I mean, yeah, it's it's just really bad luck with Woodcroft. He'll land somewhere really yeah. soon, obviously. Yeah. Maybe I a team think, that's kind of trying to turn the corner. Yeah, and I think I think kind of the same thing with Dean Evison. Like if there's another team that's kind of right there that might need a little bit of a switch. Um, you know, there's I kind of look at Evison as maybe a situation of like Rick Bonus, maybe. Like if he comes into a team that's kind of already set, just needs like a little bit of a change. Like Evison could be that guy and He's another very, you know, physical tile, physical style, um, you know, type of coach and, and all that too. So, you know, I mean, there's four coaches fired, and we're not even at the halfway point of the, the NHL season yet. So, there's still a lot of, lot to, a lot of games left to be played, stuff like that. We do have some questions as well here, fellas. We'll kind of, kind of dip into those, and that'll be all she wrote uh, for this one. Uh, okay, let's uh, kind of hit some questions here. So, this one comes from. Uh, shot real zero three two five on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he said, Who is the next captain and why is it Konechny? I actually don't hate that answer or that question. I should say that question. I, I, I'm fine with Konechny being captain. I'm fine with that. I just don't really, I don't know if I ever, I can't picture him with the C on. I think there's yeah, other players. I don't know, man. I mean, like, I can I mean, see he it. He makes a great assist. I can see it. I can see it. I think, you know, he's definitely made his case. You can't really argue with that. Do you know who's the guy that I think if if they weren't, like, I know it's a little off topic of the question, but a guy who I think could, could get an assistant if they weren't, I guess, in a spot to either get moved or a team's looking at him would be Sealer. He's a guy that I could see getting an A yeah. pretty quickly. I mean the style, playing it, for his teammates, the whole thing like that, that just kind of, you know, that kind of. It's just not going to happen under Torts right now when you don't have a captain. They're not going to name any new alternates yeah, or anything. So, no, and, and, and obviously, I think it's kind of weird that Lawton's the only guy with a letter. To be honest, I, I think it's either you know you have your captain and your actual alternates, or don't have any. It's I don't really see the point. In I don't know, man. Because the more I thought about it, I actually, you know, and maybe depending on how much longer Torres is here. If he's here another two years, is it possible? You know, you mentioned earlier, Gauthier has that swagger. Is it possible maybe Gauthier could come in and, and get the C? I, I no, guess that was my thought in the question. One guy I've, I've actually thought about this before was actually Farabee. No, no chance. Well, like, you don't like Farabee, so that's – I knew you I, were – I do like Farabee. I just don't – I don't see the – Especially with Torts here, I don't see the right. But you said if Torts wasn't here, well, that would, are we assuming that the next captain won't be named until after Torts is gone? No, I think next year they're going to have a captain. 
Well, and I'm next assuming year, the there's no chance of Farabee. Yeah, but I'm saying at some point, I think Farabee could be a captain. If it's not in Philly, I think it's at any point in his career. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I think he's, I don't know. I think he's oh, more he, of just a locker room guy than he is a captain. Well, what the fuck do you think a captain is? <laughs> a captain is, is, good, is a good locker room guy, but there's locker room guys that just aren't like, you know, the, the exact leaders. Like Kevin Hayes, he's a locker room guy, but he's not like a leader. You know what I mean? That's the like same the leader thing. of a team. Like, it's not. Well, there's leaders on locker, ice. Locker Keith Yandel is a locker room guy, but he's <laughs> not a captain. Well, yeah, clearly. But there's some guys are both. Right. Jake no, Vorchek you can be both. both. You can be both. Well, but I'm not Simmons saying that. Both. Yeah, you can be both. But what I'm saying is Farabee, I don't think Farabee is both. And you can be a leader without being the leader. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I think I think sometimes you can be a leader without having an A. Yeah, like you don't yeah. need to have a fucking A. Like Sealer, Hathaway. Like there's guys. That, I mean, I can yeah. pick out a bunch of guys on this team. Like this current Flyers team that like. Yes. I, I've got a question. How mad would you be if they name Atkinson the captain and resign him? Me? Yeah. How mad would you be if Torts named him captain? I wouldn't be that mad at it. I think resigning him would be fucking dumb, but I think the captain would be fine. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be terribly mad. It's not that I don't like Atkinson. I just don't think he's played well. Yeah. I, I love Atkinson and even yeah, that would just be it would be horrible ass at Madison. Well, yeah, like resigning him. Resign him. Fucking yeah. dumb. Especially at the age of like, you know, thirty four. I mean, he'll be yeah. thirty five I mean, or thirty six when his contract's two, over. Three years left, right? Two years, twenty twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, is that in your uh, your custom spreadsheet? It is in my custom spreadsheet. My spreadsheet's awesome. Paul, ladies Dude. and gentlemen, Paul has a spreadsheet that he made in the summer that has every single like stat and like and and um every what is it stat contract? It's like everything. The fucking schedule. All right, it's, let me lay it out to you. So we got the games, the final scores, right? The starting goalie who scored. We got the uh, season stats, their careers year by year, year by year, which team they were on, nice. the uh, tank race, oh, and then um, yeah, the tank update, and then the depth chart. Week, once a month. He just copy yep. and paste uh, cat friendly. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. I don't got to know that. Um, What's next? Yeah, next one. Is uh, two one five hockey on Instagram? He said, "Do the Flyers even need a captain? Seems to be working without one. Everyone buys in. Yes, you need a captain, right? For this season, I, I feel like just the way that, general, that, that question questions. is framed, that essentially means, do they even need one in the future? Is how in I'm future, taking. Yeah, this season, Which, no. yeah. I mean, well, I mean, clearly they're not going to need one this year. I know, but I mean, if that's what he was asking, I don't know. You don't, I don't think you need one next year either. I think, team have a captain. I think you need one next year. I would say like every team should have a captain. Clearly, doesn't need one. What no. do you mean every team should have a captain? Playing well without they're playing better than we would. I think they already them. have a captain. They just don't have a public captain. It's the same fucking thing as like they didn't have a Jonesy. Now they have the Jonesy. You know what I mean? Like I think sometimes the whole like captain thing is like put as like oh they don't have any leaders. This is not true. Like they have leaders. They just don't have like. I think it's more. I think it can be both. I think it could be a public thing and kind of you know, the the, I don't know. It can just kind of like be like the 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 public kind of fix, I guess, for everything. Like the captain comes out and speaks and makes everybody feel better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think everybody knows their role and and what they do. I just think it just adds a public thing to it. And it's kind of similar to Jonesy, I think, in some ways. 
If they were in yeah. the playoffs, I would say they would need one. Yeah, I, I think that's think it matters. I, I yeah, think you I need know. one regardless. It's just like I mean, every team should have a captain. It's kind of just like a moral thing. And it's like, like some teams when you have a guy – go ahead. No, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think like even like last year, like Calgary said that. They said they needed a captain. They needed a guy that they could go to and could publicly go out and say like, hey, this is what's going on. We need to fix this. Some teams don't need that. Some teams do. Like it just – I think it just depends on the flow of your room and your team. I mean, I don't know. I've never fucking been in an NHL locker room. That's just my assumption right. of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just, you know, every team should have a captain. And when you have that guy that naturally kind of – if you have a guy that everybody – or even a couple guys that every, you know, young player or whoever is just kind of naturally going to or looking at as an example, you can kind of just – I mean, especially if you have multiple, you kind of have your leadership group there. You give one the C, you give a couple more the A's. It's pretty simple. I mean, you know, it doesn't always have to be the best player on the team. That's why it, it could be a guy like Lawton maybe if he's – that if that's the guy they see fit, um, then you know that's that's who they're going to give it to. But it doesn't really have to be the best player. I think the I think you're right. I think they will probably have one next year, regardless of whether Torts is here. Um, and at this current rate, I would say it would probably be be uh, Scott Lawton. I, I think they just like him too much, and I think he's, um, you know, maybe he's not always doing exactly what a what Torres wants him to do. I know he's been a little bit kind of off this season, but um, I think in terms of just that locker room guy who leads by example, I think it's it's probably Lawton. Okay, uh, next one. This one comes from SD Puckhead17 on Twitter. He said, what are your thoughts on Owen Tibbet playing on the left side? He's a natural right winger and has affected his scoring this year. They need to move him to the right side and Atkinson to the left. They're taking away his game by forcing him to play on the backhand. Any uh, comments, concerns, answers to, to that one, fellas? I mean, I was one of the, I think, earlier people who started beating this drum. Um, I think my concerns have diminished since when I first started having it. He's We've seen Tibbet produce a little bit more. Um, but yeah, the um, St. Puckhead 17 is, I think, right on, basically saying the same stuff we were earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, his I don't think he has the puck skills to get his stick into center ice to rip the shots like he was last season um, on the left side of the ice. But on the right side of the ice, when his stick is to the outside near the boards, he can get it there. But he doesn't have the puck skills to to get those shots off in center ice. Why we're seeing him pulling off the backhand shots and he's just not quite scoring like he used to. Um, I think... There's absolutely no reason why Atkinson needs to be on the right side if he's not playing well anyways or not as well as we might hope or maybe even just as well as Tippett, whatever. He's just not scoring. Yeah, there's just no need for he's him to be He's starting in the Van Riemsdyk is the problem. Yeah, like there's just no need for him to be on the right side. So there's really only like two reasons to have Tippett on the left side then. Like, if you want to develop him as a left winger, Sure, if you think he's getting better by doing it, whatever. Um, I think the one thing with the left side was, in my opinion, was at least when they were saying it, was trying to see if you could get him to use that side of, of the 
flank on the power play and they don't even fucking put him there. <laughs> that's the thing that that's the other part of it. Five on five is one thing, but they don't even put him in the best spot on the power play to really do anything. Like, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you've said it all year, dude. I mean, I think, I mean, I've kind of caught on with it and um, I, I said it and then he made me look like a fool. Like I mentioned earlier in the pod, but he struggled to get open. He struggled to find open ice. And last year, I mean, we talked about it. I think it was the first or first or second episode. He had a ton of time last year going down the right side and finding ice and being able to use his shot and just kind of rip it. And, you know, he hasn't really been able to do that this year. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird question, but I think with them winning right now and how they're playing, they're not really going to change it. And that's the one thing that can kind of, you know, ebb and flow when you're winning, but also in a rebuild and you want to see the growth of a specific player and then also wins. And that's where you have to kind of balance all of that. So I don't know. I mean, that's that's kind of that's all I got on that one. Anyone else got anything or all good? All good. <laughs> Sam just wants to get this done. Uh, uh, okay, this one guy's hand. What do you want me to tell? If it's not working on one side, play the other side. Fuck. <laughs> so, this one comes from Flyers fan uh, eighty eight three on Twitter. He said, "If cover, if Cutter emerges, uh, emerges, I can't even talk. Even more dominant in the World Junior Championships, will it make it easier for the team to decide what to do with Frost? I think they should re-sign Paling, so there's only so much room. I'm not sure I've, I understand the rest of that question." Um, because they don't really have a ton of room right now, anyway. But, anyways, does does do you guys think that if Cutter having a good year in the World Juniors and I guess the end of the season and all that, does that kind of make it easier for them with Frost and, and that kind of whole thing or no? Naturally, I mean, naturally bringing in more good players makes other players less necessary, or I guess that you have to keep them around. And I guess if he's already got one foot out the door, then I guess maybe maybe he's he's gone. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's gone once Cutter comes in. I, I think he's. I think he's going this off season anyway. Frost and I'm again. I'm, I'm a huge Frost guy. Um, That'd be the end of you, man. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, I just. I. I just. I'm. I'm honestly tired of talking about it, even though, you know, unfortunately, it's brought up all the time. Um, it's. Yeah, we're tired it's, of hearing about it. Oh, are you? That's good. <laughs> um, it's. It's frustrating because I think. He's another guy from that 17 draft. That's another fuck up, even though you got Tippett. Uh, and that's by that's by trade. But yeah, I'm well, you, you got Paling too, but you know, that's besides the point. But yeah, I mean it's just uh it sucks. But I think I think the go trade thing is is fair. Like wherever he's gonna fit in, he's gonna fit in. And I really don't care where Go plays. He's honestly, because if he's a center, if he's a winger. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fine. I think you put him with. All I know, all I know is he's gonna help the power play. That's all I know. That's yeah. all I care about. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, I mean, it's a legit weapon to put on yeah. the power play. Yeah. At the very least, he he could not develop anymore, and he could be a legitimate, like, increase this power play. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, quick side thing on Cutter, uh, I feel like his college stats haven't quite been as like much of an increase from last season as I would have hoped, um, which kind of makes me wonder if maybe we should have signed him. Uh, originally, I was fully on board with it, but now I'm kind of a bit iffy. Uh, so I'm really looking for a huge World Juniors from him here. Um, like just to see something above and beyond, just to show that this maybe wasn't as, so at least right now, it's kind of looking like a, a neutral development year for him. So hopefully we see something dominant from him for sure. 
He's a cool guy, man. We need some more cool players. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know if I agree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, I think I think with Cutter. is a cool guy or that we need more? No, that I think that his development is is stagnant or neutral. <laughs> like he's he's got 23 yeah. points in 17 games. I mean, they still got half the season left. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could be dead wrong, but I think he's fine. I think he's on pace to be fine. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, he's he's having a, a solid year. I think it's just the fact that BC is so much better than they were last year, and he has more weapons yeah. to, to yeah. utilize. I think maybe you'd, you'd like to see a little bit I more. Mean, I don't but, watch um, and I don't watch college hockey like that, so I don't really know. You you can still you can still see just by watching his highlights that he's far and away better yeah, than a lot I of the mean, guys on the ice. He's still yeah. very clearly a top prospect. It's just, you know, maybe you want to see a little bit more dominance there. But, um, you know, we're one game into the World Juniors. We'll see how he does with the yeah, USA. He got a point. He got yeah. a point. Yeah. Paul Paul hit it exactly. Like, he's his production is only slightly better, and that's with a much deeper team than yeah, last him, year. Him and Will Smith at the same amount of points, 23. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're right. Like, he's still fantastic prospect. I just yeah, yeah I'm not trying to show you why just, lack just of, like next level to his game, but yeah. but I mean hey, there's a lot of season left in the college season that could change now. He could suddenly yeah. be averaging two points per game, and that's I, I would look like a fool. Um, <laughs> just it, so I'm just hoping this World Juniors will kind of bring that out in him, and we'll see yeah. that big give him that oomph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I get you. Um, all right, fellas. Well, I think that's dude, that's that's all we got. Uh, I think the one thing we can take out of this is that uh, Will doesn't know how to say uh, SKA, he says ska. And uh, I, uh, apparently to Sam, I keep beating beating the frost drum. So we'll just <laughs> end it on that. Um, next couple of games for the Flyers coming up uh, tomorrow against the Canucks at 10 o'clock. Uh, Friday, got the Kraken, and then we're ending on 2023. Sunday at 8 o'clock, uh, New Year's Eve in Calgary against the Flames. Also, uh, we got a new brand coming and a new account coming January 1st, PHI Heritage. Uh, I'll kind of go into a little bit of an in-depth kind of video that I'm going to be planning on doing in you know, the probably next couple of days, and that'll this is all come out January 1st. That's the kind of the new branding for that. And uh, So stay tuned for all that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be the one kind of behind that, and uh, Paul helps me with some of the branding and stuff with that too, and we got some articles kind of tying into that as well with with you know Flyers history and you know hockey history in Philadelphia and all that stuff too. So stay tuned for all that. Thanks everybody again for all the support as always. Thank you to Blade Shades for sponsoring the pod as always. Again, we hope you guys had a merry Christmas and a happy holidays, and we'll talk to you guys all next time. See you guys.